0: And welcome to Raking Coles. This is our 43rd episode. Today, we are going to be talking about humility. But before we get started in that, I'm one of your hosts, Cody Haggard. And with me, as always, or should I say, on the other side of the internet today, the one and only Josh Fousey. Hello.
1: Yes. Other side of the internet. It feels weird.
0: It does feel kind of weird because normally we're face to face when we have these conversations, but now we are in separate rooms and looking in separate separate houses in separate houses and i but but i can't see your face can't see i know it's
1: weird i don't like this
0: but we are going to move on anyway so the reason we're recording remotely today is because we have a little bit of a cold outbreak in the haggard household so i decided to try to protect josh from that so we're recording from our, that. our individual houses. Hopefully our audio quality sounds pretty good. I know on my end, Josh, you sound pretty good coming through my end. Um, Deal. And audi- audience members, let us know how it sounds. Let us know how it goes. Let us know if it still sounds natural. Uh, but I'm looking forward to our discussion today. But before we get into that, Josh, how have you been?
1: I've been okay. I've been good. Just hanging out, goofing off. How about you? Goofing off,
0: goofing off, huh? So what's all this goofing off going on in January in Ohio?
1: Uh, well, it's 60 it was 60 degrees the other day. Isn't so, that crazy? I know, right? <sighs> Climate change might be real. we um, will <laughs> We'll Well, we'll know. We'll no, know what uh, will be lasting
0: effects eventually.
1: <laughs> no, um so I things have changed up at work, so kind of had a ton of free time this week so just a lot of exploring and goofing, like just hanging out at work getting to reconnect with people that I haven't been able to talk to for a while and then uh just hanging out at the gym with uh one of our friends Dave Choma um and yeah i mean Dave I, Choma friend to, of the show yeah um and i mean took the dog for a walk i got to go to um if if you guys remember Caleb and Julia, I got to hang out with Caleb a lot that last week, and then went over to Shoreway, uh, which is the teen ministry that the church I go to does, uh, in close proximity to downtown Cleveland. So was there all Thursday night, hanging out with the kids, um, and yeah, no, it's just been it's been a f- it's been a fun change of pace. So I'll put it that way. <laughs>
0: Nice, nice. Sounds like you've had a pretty good week. I, I, um, on the other hand, have had a pretty normal week. Nothing crazy, nothing bad. Are today, you still working overtime? Last week, yeah, okay. I worked overtime. But right now, as of recording the current week, I'm in. We are not doing good. overtime at work. But okay. next week, we'll probably have to jump in. Actually, I had to leave work early today. Had a what? family. Had a family emergency. Oh no! Uh, so. Anyway, what happened is this is kind of funny. Our audience Uh-oh. members may enjoy this. So my son Leo, he decided to um, toss the phone to my wife. He was trying to toss the phone to her, and she wasn't looking. She wasn't ready. Oh no! And the phone hit her right in the nose. Oh no! And uh, she broke it. And so, what? yeah. <laughs> I had to come home early from work today and head on uh, over to to the um the clinic to get the x rays done to make sure it wasn't too bad or need uh surgery or anything like that. Fortunately we dodged that bullet. However, it uh it was not a great way to get a phone call in the middle of the day at work and no. be like, hey, can you come home? I'm in excruciating pain. <laughs>
1: Oh, but she's okay for the most part. She's okay.
0: She is. She's currently resting, keeping her head up and watching some TV and hopefully able to get a good night's sleep tonight. So that's, that's what we're hoping for, what we're aiming for. So we'll see how it goes.
1: Not to be insensitive, but you might want to sign Ezra up for like pitching classes right now.
0: Yeah. um, Actually, it was Leo. It was Leo. (laughs) But man, you know, I don't know what happened. My wife says she's not even sure what happened because uh, she didn't see it coming. You you know, like all of a sudden she's in extreme pain and her nose is bleeding quite a bit. So I'm not going to go into a lot of details because I know some people might have sensitive stomachs. Um, But I will say both your
1: boys have good arms for their ages. They do.
0: So, and, and I'm really going to need to instill in them. And I've been working on this tirelessly. Like, we just don't throw things in the house, period. I don't really care what it is. Just don't throw it. So <laughs> so another day in the Haggard household. And fun, here we fun, are. Fun. Everyone's okay. The children are sleeping, we're relaxing, we're recording, and today we are talking about humility, which is a very important thing within the Christian faith. If you've been a Christian for any amount of time or have gone to church for any amount of time, you've probably heard this before. Uh, Josh, what would you say? Would you say that humility is something that is preached quite a bit within the church and talked about quite a bit within the church?
1: Yeah, no, it's something that you hear at church all the time.
0: Yeah, i I think I think that as we look at um, humility here, I, I think a a good definition we get from the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary is the personal quality of being free from arrogance and pride, and having an accurate estimate of one owns one's own worth. Which is, is a good thing. That's exactly what humility is, is it's understanding our own worth, which is why I think humility is what strikes us first when we finally come to the clarification of the gospel. We finally realize our own worth and that it's not a whole lot and how Jesus gave his whole entire life for that and his worth was quite a bit and that's why humility is so central to christianity is because it's so central to getting to that point of acceptance of the gospel.
1: Yeah. No, I think I mean what's the one thing that's going to keep you from being able to come close to god? It's pride because pride's going to make you think that you're something greater than you are. And humility being the opposite of that is it it allows you to come back to reality and understand what's going on and understand who you are in relationship to God. Um, Great passage of scripture for that is Romans three.
0: Yeah. Romans three. Read it to me, Josh. What do we have there? You want me to grab it here?
1: Uh, give me a sec. I get, I'll pull it up real quick. Um, I closed Lagos. No. It's
0: all right. Give me the verse. I got it. Uh,
1: it's it's the long passage of scripture. It, so like the entire chapter, all of chapter three in Romans is like this talking about how no one is righteous and how we, and it all kind of culminates with that, that passage of Romans 3.23 where it says, for all have short for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, but then when you get into 24 and 25, it talks about, how, but all can be redeemed and justified through the salvation that comes in Christ. Um, and and that's just, it's, I love Romans because Paul puts out this very logical argument for, that that very much lays out, here's what reality is, and you, and that, you find that in chapter 1. Um, where God, God has, has created creation with a framework, okay? Here's 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 the framework of it, okay? God reveals himself through that creation. We see it deny him, given to our own desires, and, and he talks about what goes on with that, with that whole debased mind. And then you get to chapter 2, and he talks about how it doesn't matter who you are, okay, God doesn't show favoritism. You could be the poorest of the poor, the richest of the rich. You could be the strongest or the weakest. You could. It doesn't matter who you are, what attributes in this life you might have, God will not show you favoritism because, and then it gets into chapter 3, where it's all have, we're all, we all for, fall short of righteousness. We've all sinned. Um, and then he starts talking about, in The end of three, the end of four, and really in the five, where he talks about just that, the justification process, that that when we accept Christ and we accept the gift that he gives us, okay, we're, we're saved from our sin. Um, and then that kind of continues into like, what are the implications of that salvation? You see that going into like chapter eight. So... That's kind of like the way I look at it when it comes to, um, like, as long as we understand the framework that we all live under, which no matter what you might believe, you might deny it at all you want. Um, we, we all still live under that framework. We're all sinners. We all fall short of that, the glory of God. Okay. And, um. And it's it's once you understand that you can really, truly appreciate what salvation actually means, what what that sacrifice on that cross actually means for you. Um, and it allows us to truly understand what that gift is, and it's going to make us want to share that gift with other people. Does right. that make sense?
0: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that makes sense to yeah. me. And, um, y- you know, I think. The ultimate end goal being sharing sharing about that is the the example that you've accepted. You've accepted your place in God's plan as well as you've humbled yourself to realize like, hey, nobody's getting anywhere on their own. I, I got nowhere on my own as far as my own righteousness and restoration and what makes me good and gets you to that point. I know. For, I know. For me, when I when I think of humility, I think of uh, Philippians chapter two, where you have the example of of Christ's humility. One of the one of the key verses from that passage that I really think of is verse three. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves right we've we've heard that time and time again growing up right think of others as more important than yourself value the interests of others above yourself put others first which is when when you think about it it's pretty contradictory to what is embedded in our nature thinking about one or anything higher than yourself is contradictory to our nature because we are born and we grow up only caring about ourselves right you, when you're born and you're a baby your only instinct is to I gotta live I gotta survive mm-hmm. so when I'm hungry I cry. when I mm-hmm. go to the bathroom I cry when I you know the <laughs> the first thing you learn is that in order to survive, I need to be taken care of. And so you, your first thing is God teaches you that, Hey, you cry, your parents come take care of you. Right. And, and so Mm -hmm. that is kind of our nature. Our nature is to survive, to take care of ourselves. And then when we mature and we grow up, we start to ask questions like, how does, how does this all really work? I know that there's something bigger out there. I know there's something greater out there. And you find out, about God, and then you find out about Jesus, and you get to a point where it's like, okay, so this all makes a lot of sense, you know? And and so I think that's kind of one of the central themes of, of Christianity is that we spend so much time consumed with ourselves, but we realize that it just there's something off with that. Something doesn't satisfy me. Something doesn't scratch the itch of answers right and, mm-hmm. you know I I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do for myself but there's still something I feel like I'm missing and, and then you find out about God you find out about Jesus and it's like okay that makes a lot of sense and I think that's ultimately uh not ultimately for everybody but a big reason why a lot of people come to faith in Christ is like okay this makes sense and mm-hmm. what I, I think for those who especially are assured in their faith will, echo that for for the rest of their lives like yeah absolutely Uh, I would be nothing without the person of Jesus Christ and because Jesus cared so much about me to come down from his heavenly dwellings and live amongst me live a perfect life without sin die on the cross a painful murderous unjust death so that I can have a restored relationship with God yeah that was a humble guy and I need to follow in that example
1: Mm Mhm. yeah and and the like, you talk about Philippians chapter two, and that that whole picture of Christ and His humility. And and I mean, it, it goes along with the that definition. I mean, the modern definition of humility is that freedom of price of of pride or arrogance, and a state of being humble. And I feel like we talk about humility all the time in the church, but we never really talk about how, like. We use Christ as the example because he is the ultimate example. But we, I feel like when we talk about it, we, we kind of just, it's always humbling ourselves to God. Okay. But never talking about like showing humility to each other, kind of like going along with that verse that you just shared. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't see yourself as being greater than someone else. Right. And like you hear that verse and you're like, well, I don't do that. But the reality is, is that we, we very much deceive ourselves into believing that lie because we, we do it all the time as people. We do it. We, we pass judgment on each other. And, um, and like the, when you like, in, in my opinion, one of the biggest things that hurts church unity that hurts church effectiveness Um, and, and really just causes a lot of drama is that idea of arrogance and just, just kind of, uh, let them do their thing. They're, they're just, they're, they're over there. We we have our own thing where we got what we need. Like we don't need them or this idea of, of they're different. So let them be by themselves. Let them be over here. Arms reach away because they're different than ours. And, and that's arrogance right there. Um, and I feel like because of that, like we, we ourselves as a church kind of keep ourselves from sharing the gospel with people who really, really need it. And are created in the same image as God as we are. Um, just because they're different than us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You are, you're so on track with the application of humility as well. I think a lot of times that we think of humility as giving, as something external, like giving to charity or giving to the poor or serving the community, which is good. And that is, that's a necessity. God calls us to do that. God wants us to be doing that with our lives. But I think where humility, really, really sustains within the church is being in that position of never thinking that you are better than anybody else. I think that's why Jesus was so successful in reaching people, because he didn't elevate himself above anybody. In fact, the elites of society were the people who he was like, yeah, whatever. You guys, I'm not going to spend my time with you because it's wasted. You're always looking at yourselves and trying to puff up yourselves and put other people down and you're not really worried about the poor you're not really worried about the widow sure you're concerned with what the talmud or the torah says that you have to do about that but you're focusing on the works you're not actually focusing on the hearts of people And Paul was the same way in his ministry. There was no one who he was too good to interact with. And I think that's how we take this application of humility is saying, hey, as a Christian, as a believer, there's really no one who you can look at and say, well, I'm too good to interact with that person. Oh, that person is so lost. That person is so far gone. Oh my goodness, what they just told me they did over the weekend. I'm just not going to have anything to do with them. And that's the completely wrong attitude, yeah. and that is that's pride. That really you're, is.
1: You're, you're reminding me of um, that the the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. In uh, yep. what is it? It's Luke, Luke 18. I got it. I got it up right now. Um, it's it, Luke 18, nine through 14. Do you want me to just read it? Go ahead. Because I, I think this is so. It's Jesus talking. He said. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And I think that's just... I mean, it's out of the mouth of Jesus. It's that it's it's the perfect example for what you were just talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that that's another verse I had right here. Right is those who are looking to puff themselves up, looking to make themselves better than the rest of the world, are the ones who are going to be humbled in the end. And then those mm-hmm. who humble themselves are the ones who are going to be exalted in the end, celebrated. So yeah, I love that. I love that picture. I, I love the picture. But the picture is also scary because the reality is, is if we think about it, it's really easy to look at your own life and be like, hey, I'm doing a pretty good job. But then when you really think about it, it's like, man, I could do a lot better job. Mm -hmm. And I think, Josh, you and I growing up in suburban Midwestern United States where there's very... Little conflict in general. Most people are pretty well off and pretty happy, decently educated in our area, and mm-hmm. I think in some ways that lends itself to a sense of subtle pride. Not a type mm-hmm. of pride where the world's going to look at you and tell you you're a bad person. And sometimes that's the worst part about it, right? That the world world's telling you, "Hey, you're a pretty good person. You've done what you were supposed to do, and you have a good career. You take care of yourself. You take care of your family," but Within you there's still that side, that side where it's like, Well, I'm not gonna deal with these people. Or I'm mm-hmm. not gonna talk with these people, I'm not gonna invite this person to my church. I'm not going to I'm not gonna evangelize to those people, those those youths, those hoodlums, <laughs> you know, like like the silly things people think.
1: Well, I mean you can take it one step further too. I feel like the the church churches get very prideful about being a church too. Where mm-hmm like instead of like they f- I I understand it and I, I I I don't like sounding judgy but the reality is is that most suburban churches at least the ones that I've been in, involved with or been a part of like been around or experienced or ha- had interactions with most of them are if it's not part of, if it's not something that we're, we're doing, we're not going to invest any time into it because it's not what we're doing. Um, but on to take that one more step further, it's a lot of times the way that they view outreach or service is bring people to the church instead of going to where the people are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's, there's that, there's a, underlying sense of arrogance in there where, I mean, it's, it's, and it's a culture thing. It's a, it's a, it's an organizationally organizational thing where it's like, we, let's bring people to us because if they come to us, we can help them. And it's, it's, it's just, it's instead of them humbling themselves, it's like, let's just go to where the people are and find who we can help. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it could, you could make an argument that's also laziness, but I mean, I think you find churches all over the place that kind of have that mindset of if it's, if you're not part of us, if you're not doing what we're doing, if you're not doing what we want to do, we won't give you guys the light, light of day. And you, you can go do whatever you want over there. All right. But if you want us to help you, you got to come to us.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, the the frustrating part about church is when it becomes all about the organization at the place that we're calling church. And uh, I I know that we talk about this a lot, about getting out of the four walls and going and talking to people about your faith and really taking the next step to to evangelize in a real world situation trying to allow church to happen outside of Sunday morning and that is a tough thing to do i you know i don't want anyone to think who listens to this that that's extremely easy or that we're perfect at it but you know i do think that why it might not work as well to just invite people to church is because there's something about church where people recognize it as well that's that's an institution that's where an operation happens like this is this is what you are supposed to be doing but when you reach out to somebody in your neighborhood or you reach out to somebody who you rub shoulders with on a daily basis and you show them care and Christ's love and you begin telling your story and you really show that humility like this is not about me. This is about what God has done, what God did so many years ago and how it's affecting me today. I think it does kind of change people's mind on how they view Christianity. And it's a shame that inviting people to church isn't the best way to do it, right? Because, you know, it's a house of God. So, you know, it should be like, oh man, this should be an exciting and inviting thing. But I think that because of how church has been operated for many 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 years it has lost that home mentality you know what i'm saying like it, mm-hmm. it, it say for example you invited somebody into your home and allowed them to do life with you i think that would mean a lot to a person whereas if mm-hmm. you invite them to church it might mean mean to them like oh they invited me to this program if that makes yeah. sense
1: or the, or the, oh they just want me to join their club like it's an I don't know. I, I feel like, like the church in itself and historically has always been a little bit prideful, a little bit arrogant when it comes to just, I mean, you listen to some of the things that they said or did back, like not even a hundred years ago. And you're just like, does that does, it doesn't line up with Christ. It doesn't line up with what Jesus or the apostles taught. And I, I just like, I see our generation kind of like trying to focus on going back to that and trying to, to, to follow Jesus and to follow exactly what the Bible says and try to uninstitutionalize the church, if that makes sense. Um, but I know, I know I've also talked to a lot of people who it they, they totally, I mean, any stereotype you hear about the church of Christians, they, they're totally like they fit exactly there. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, I don't want anyone to think we're being pessimistic here. I'm not being pessimistic. I love the church. I love going to church. I love taking my kids to church. I love the people of God. I have served in church most of my life. I love preaching. I love teaching. I love being in community and Bible studies. I love all that the church does. But sometimes when we get so involved in the program of the church, we lose sight of what got us there in the first place. And that was being humbled to the point of where We were seeing our own pride, seeing that something needed to be fixed, and so thankful that God used whatever he used to get you to that point of faith. And that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about humility, and we're talking about how it affects the church, how it affects the Christian, and how we have the example of it in Christ, and then what we do with that. So I think that's why we talk about humility so much as a church, as the people of God, because there is nothing that exemplifies more that hey this is god's game and we're just players in it right we're just we're just the people who are trying to obey we're trying to be obedient we're trying to serve and if we're going to have that mentality it means being humble to the point of you know what god's plan matters a whole lot more than mine what can i do to myself to align better with that and uh, I, I do want to I do want to read here real quick that immediately preceding the uh, the verse that I quoted before um, it, it, the Bible tells us in Philippians to to do all things without complaining or grumbling, and that's another thing that I think Christians need to pay attention to a lot is that when we complain, when we grumble, when we have temper tantrums, when we have fits, when we allow our dissatisfaction to be on display, then it, it says something about our faith. And I'm talking about in a faith environment where, you know, say, for example, you're always complaining about your church. And you know what? I've been, I've been there. I've been in situations where, where I was like, you know what? The church needs to do this and this and this. And if they just did this, it would all be better, right? And during those times in life, I probably was it, it, it like an all-time low when it came to spiritual health, to effective ministry, because so focused on grumbling, so focused on me, right? It was all about me, and when it's all about you, all of a sudden it no longer becomes all about God. And when it's not all about God, your ministry garbage, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz if it's all about you, well, who cares? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Sorry for my rant there, Josh. I just I had no. to I had to at least chime in with the do all things without grumbling because I think that's a, a big part of of something to do, right? Or something not Mm -hmm. to do, right? Um, And when we start thinking about what Jesus did for us, right? was, guy is God in the flesh. The one who Mm -hmm. made you came and died on a cross for you. It's a big Mm -hmm. deal.
1: Yeah. No, I... I, 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 it, it, It kind of frustrates me when when like we have that truth we we know that as a believer in Christ we know that and you have you have people who who when when it comes to evangelism and sharing there are people that they they won't share with because of whatever reason and and it's it's frustrating because i mean if we're following Christ's example i mean he was what is it? I read something the other day where it's like Jesus spent most of his time on Earth with people that most of us try to avoid. Mm-hmm. And um, and and he, and what was he doing? He was just, he was showing compassion. He was giving grace. And and it reminds me of um, James four, uh, six and seven. It says, it says, uh, but he. Uh, he gives more grace therefore it says god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and i mean we we're, we're just as sinful as the next person right and the church isn't perfect okay because it's full of it's run and full of sinful people um and and for for us to to go and to to say well, these people we're not going to interact with these people because they're sinners is one of the most hypocritical things that we can say. Right. Um, and I, I mean right now in our in our culture and in, in the climate that we live in, I, I feel like you have you kind of have both of the extremes. You have the it, the we're gonna accept everybody regardless of what you believe in, and we'll take on some of what you believe on just to make you feel more accepted. Mm-hmm. And then you have the the other half where it's it's no, that's sin, we won't allow it in here. You're going to hell. And I feel like the like I know there's people in the middle who they 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 care for people who are I mean they're sinners and they're they're actively living in their sin even if they might not believe that it's sin and they just want to share share Jesus and love on them but I feel like they get drowned out the most by the extremes Mm -hmm. and I I, I think I mean if if you kind of I mean I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. This is my little like tirade of it because it's just it's kind of discouraging to to look at the extremes. But it's also like really encouraging when you get to find a community that that is loving on people just like Christ did. Um, and it kind of it, and it's I find it hard to find those communities like I, I've been blessed to be a part of one. At, at the church I go to um but I kind of had to look for it like it wasn't like I mean it's kind uh, of you, you you had to look for it you had to find it right and I feel like most most people they they go to church to kind of check it off their list make sure that they feel like oh, I did the I did the church thing this week I'm good for the week I don't really have to think about it for the rest of the week. And I feel like, like they're very passive about it. And, and if you're, if you're truly following after Christ's example and you're, and you're trying to humble yourself after him, you kind of using your analogy of being a player in God's game. I mean, you you shouldn't be a bench warmer. You should be out there playing. Um, right. And, and it, it takes humility to under, uh, to, to put yourself out there and to share with people that you might not normally interact with or normally be around, right? if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and and I think uh, something, too, I want to address is what humility looks like in action isn't, it's not a superficial thing either. It's not someone coming up to you and them giving you a compliment and you just trying to, you, you know, Deflect it back, right? Like, don't compliment me. No, 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 no. You know, I think humility says says thank you and and is humbled by that. And you know, thank you is a proper response. And you know, don't build yourself up more than more than you ought either. But. Also, something I think is interesting is, as I you know, I read through the definition in the Holman Bible Dictionary, is that humility was something that was countercultural at the time that Paul was writing his letters. So, for it to appear in the letters that it did, where he urged people to live humbly, that was a countercultural idea. And I think even though we live in a time now where I think People like to put their benevolence and goodness on display. I do think there is a lot of pride that is is in, inward and maybe even sometimes finds itself expressed in the world of social media. And maybe we could also call it low self-esteem, but but I'm going to say that it's pride when you post something on social media and it, do, it doesn't get the reaction that you want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why is that? Why are you posting something on social media simply for a reaction? Now, I understand. We put something out there. We want people to love it. And, you know, we live in a time where we are so into ourselves, right? We've got a... We've got a phone that has a camera that can both look at us and look out towards what we see, right? It can, mm-hmm. it can both, it can be a mirror and it can be our eyes. And if we want to, we can invite people to live within our lives. And in some ways there has been a industry that's risen up. That's a competition of who's living the best of life, who tells the best story of their life. And I think in an artistic way there's some really cool stuff out there. People do a lot of cool stuff with film and vlogs and podcasts and storytelling and you know this is all stuff that Josh and I are into. But the reality is is when you are living a life that is humbled, you're going to do what you want and what you desire, but you're not going to do it as an attention seeker. You're going to do it as an expression of either yourself or hopefully God's goodness, right? God's mm-hmm. God's story within you. That stuff doesn't become a tool to elevate yourself, but becomes a way in which you can elevate God and God's story within you. And who sees it, who likes it, who comments on it, who subscribes to it, who does whatever to it, it doesn't really matter whether or not you know who's impacted by it. It's nice to know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the reality is, is it doesn't really matter that much. If you want to put something out there, it's just like putting a picture up on a bulletin board. You put it up there because you liked it and you wanted other people to see it. If you put it up yeah. there because you're looking for a reaction, that was the wrong reason. Just like having faith in God. If you raise your hands during worship on a Sunday morning because you want people to see you and notice you, well, that's, that's not the right reason. The mm-hmm. right reason is because you know you feel like this is how you are worshiping God. You know, this Mm -hmm. is, this is your reaction to worshiping the holy God that you love and who loves you. And so I think those are just things we need to think about. That's the most important thing about humility is it's, it's not just giving this concrete definition and this term analysis and this word study, which, you know, you know, we've done, Mm -hmm. but to take all of that information and then say like, how do we use it? Like, how do I evaluate myself every day? It's almost Mm -hmm. like you got to put this put this self-analysis on of how can I look at myself and be humbled more and more every yeah. day?
1: I mean, you think about, like, while you're talking, the thing that came to my mind was Matthew 6, um, where Jesus says, beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them. Right. For then you will have no reward from the Father who is in heaven. So thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And it's – and he kind of goes on to talk about not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing when you give to others so that it would be in secret. Um, and, and it's that – it's true. We live in that culture where – I mean when we were when we were in high school what was it's uh screenshot it didn't happen I think was the phrase
0: Yeah yeah
1: <laughs> And and now it's it's this has to go on my story If it's not on my story how like it it's if it's not worth my story it's not worth doing Yeah Um and it's it's putting up a facade and and saying like this, my life is perfect. And what ends up happening is that we, we kind of miss everybody and everything else that's outside of creating that facade. Right. Right. And when it comes to living a life of humility, it's, it's understanding that the facade doesn't matter because the facade's not real right and that like what 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 we should be presenting is what's real and what's what's reality right and also I mean you get the you got the entire side like the opposite side of the coin where people are posting all the terrible things in their lives to get attention mm-hmm. um, but it's I mean it's the reality for us should be, no matter what's going on in our lives, good or bad, okay? It's it's all a blessing from God. Yeah. It's all being used by God. It's all given to us by God. And it's it's understanding where we fit in the equation of God and, and where we fit in the relationship between him and us and us and others. Right. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to steal something from a pastor that I, 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 I respect and I agree with on this, but it's, we are Christianity's a horizontal relate. Yeah. There's that, that vertical relationship between us and God. Right. But we should, we should, and that, that relationship should be somewhat deep, but our, 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 our horizontal relationships with other people are are just as important because if we don't have, if we don't have those relationships horizontally, we're not going to be able to reach horizontally to, to connect people vertically. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it and, and it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of, I mean, it's it's that um, that understanding that no matter who it is, they're just like you.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. I think that the the horizontal relationships are where humility really does matter, because. <laughs> The, the the thing that is a test of your own humility, and if it's genuine or not, is you do what you do because you love the people around you and you love God. You don't really care what they say. You don't care if they give you praise. Mm-hmm. You don't care if they give you a pat on the back. You don't care if the pastor recognizes you at some point in a church service. You do it because you know, this is what God wants me to do. And this is what the people around me will benefit mm-hmm. from me doing. And that is, that is an idea that is getting lost more and more as time goes by because we do, we do very little in secret. And, and humility mm-hmm. is not all about doing things in secret. But I do think it is about doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're getting to a point where the average person is documenting so much of their life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, whether or not that's affecting our humility and our pride is not, you know, yet to be determined totally. But I think in some ways it is. It's making us like, okay, well, I'm going to do this at church, but I'm gonna make sure to post it to my Instagram story so that, you know, some people know.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. No I, that's, uh, Instagram, Snapchat.
0: Humble brag. <sighs> that's what they're called. That's what yes, they're called. That's the what humble brags.
1: Is. I mean we kind of talked about it when we talked about devotions. Yeah. In that one episode of like people who post like oh like or the Bible verses that they read or like you got the picture of, like, the Bible and the cup of coffee, and it's perfectly choreographed, and it's getting my Jesus time in right now, right?
0: You got enough of a lens flare coming in through the top of the right. page so that it looks like the sunlight's beaming down
1: on your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh. You, you know what we didn't talk about when it comes to humility? Tell me. And I think, I think this is a huge thing when it comes to humility, and... I feel like it it, it really it, it has to do also with like unity. Um yeah. A, as a church is being humble enough to accept when you did something wrong and apologize for it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like like I mean how many times has like how, how many times have you seen a like at church like Oh this person's not talking to this person because of this. Right? Oh yeah. Oh, I know. And it's and and it's it like like I'm I'm somebody who I believe if I've done something, if if there's drama going on and I'm involved in it somehow, I'm going to own up to what is mine and I'm going to seek reconciliation for it. Um Because I want my conscience to be clean. If the other person doesn't want to do it, that's on them. Okay, but I'm gonna own what's mine, and I'll take responsibility for it, and I will apologize if I need to apologize. Um, But how many? I mean, how many times do Bible studies break up, or friends, friend groups break up, or people break up because? Neither neither party or whoever the parties involved are want to take responsibility for what they've done.
0: Right. Yeah. No. That's that's a true thing. Is the it's hard to apologize, and when you really mean it, and you really know you should do it, it's painful. You know, mm-hmm. like it 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 hurts because you're just coming to terms with the fact. Like, man, I really was wrong. Like, this stinks. This hurts, and I I think that. You're right on there, Josh, is it's something that is important to do within our church settings. It's important to do within our family settings. I think it's something mm-hmm. that within the family setting we do very poorly. Mm-hmm. I think we're not great at apologizing to our children. I know me as a, as a father, as a husband, I've been very aware of the fact that this is something that for many generations was... Was just not really done. Mm-hmm. You kind of knew you probably should apologize to your kids when you mess up, but the fact was that you just didn't really do it. And mm-hmm. so I, I try to regularly do that with my kids when I mess up. But I've mentioned that yes, before you do. Here I've this, seen that on on this podcast. And
1: but I mean, think about think about what Jesus said. It's like when, if you're sitting in line for the altar at the temple and you've wronged your brother, leave your spot in line and go apologize.
0: Mm-hmm. Right,
1: because because if you don't, whatever you're doing at the altar is worthless.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and sorry, sorry, sorry. Keep going. No, go
1: ahead. Go ahead.
0: ahead. I I was going to say you get to that point too when you stop trying to justify to yourself why you were right. Just Mm -hmm. examine, like, just listen to God, listen to the Holy Spirit in that moment, and come to the conclusion of what really happened. Stop trying Mm -hmm. to think about why you were right or and why they were wrong but come mm-hmm. to the conclusion of, okay, what does what does God really think about what I did here? And evaluate mm-hmm. it through that lens. And the, sometimes you might come out and be like, well, you know, I really didn't do anything wrong. And, and that's okay. Don't get mm-hmm. yourself into a position to where you apologize for every single thing you do because right. I think then it's like, well, you don't need to be sorry for everything. But when you mm-hmm. do something wrong and you know that you were being a pain in the butt, admit it. And say, mm-hmm. hey, I was really, really making that hard and I really did something that I know God wouldn't want me to do. I didn't have to be that harsh. I didn't have to criticize mm-hmm. that much. I didn't have to be intentionally roadblocking this assignment mm-hmm. or whatever happened. Right. And and that'll get you to the right place.
1: Like I'll I could share like an example out of my life where it's like, I something happened. I felt very wronged by somebody. And In my pride, one of the things that I – something that I will do if I feel wronged is I will just bottle it up and I take the – I mean my mother has always taught me if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And I take that – like I've taken that to heart and I just won't say anything to people and it comes off as being a real – I don't know. Am I allowed to say the word douche? (laughs) You just did. Okay. And just coming off as a douche, and it's like, like, and I, I remember it, it was, it was a little bit. Okay, this is, this has been a little bit of time, but I, I remember the one night I was laying in bed. I'm just like, you know, you've been a real douche to this person. Yeah, they wronged you really, really bad. But you've also, you also have you you've also played a part in mm-hmm. what in the dynamic that's going on. You
0: were going after that revenge that like trying to maybe cause some pain by
1: No. no. I mean it was just kind of like it was kind of like well if you don't want to well I don't want to share too much yet. Um this is one of those diary episodes that we're probably going to have the Diary
0: coming to you yeah. mid 2020.
1: Um, <laughs> 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 no, but it was it was just very much like there, there was animosity, and it's like, and I, and I, like, it felt very much like God put on my heart. Like, you need to, you need to take responsibility of your, the part that you've played in creating that animosity, and ask for forgiveness. And if they don't want to seek forgiveness or reconcile, that's on them. But it's, but you need to be responsible for what you are responsible for. So the next day I stopped the person when I saw them and I apologized for what I said and the person accepted the apology and walked away. And it was just one of those like, OK. But at the same time, too, I mean, since then, I mean, it's my conscience has been clear about the entire thing. And it, it's it's made it a lot easier to move on. If, yeah. And, and, and the, to move past it. Right, and and I feel like, I mean, a lot of issues in our world could be solved if we just humbly accepted responsibility for what we did.
0: It's true, man. It's very true, and it's hard to get to that point. And it takes imperfect people realizing you're not perfect. It's you know, it's easy to stand up and say, you know, nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. but you know what who cares about nobody being perfect I want you to stand up and say like I'm not perfect and I know it and here's how I screw up right (laughs) like Mm -hmm. just be totally honest and you know I think this has been this has been a good conversation this has been one that I think has been a little all over the place we've really moved this in and out of a, a lot of different things but humility is a big thing it is a I think a central character quality to following Jesus Christ I just cannot see being a genuine follower of Jesus Christ and not desiring to be humble or desiring to follow God with humility it is it just doesn't seem like it it could work it doesn't what? seem like you could effectively be a prideful Christ follower right the God the Bible talk the Bible talks about it so often how bad pride is and it just doesn't seem like we'd be able to pull it off so I, you know, I think we've talked about a lot of good things here, and because humility is so broad, I do, I do want to put it out there. Anybody who has any questions or would like us to elaborate further or has a comment, we'd love to hear that from you. Send it into our contact form on our website e forty three collective dot com, and and you know, we could have an interaction here. We'll we'll address it on our next episode if you write in or. If, if you listen to this many years later, we will we'll get back to you. you know we, mm-hmm. we'll do it. So So check it out e43collective.com. I just wanted to throw that uh, in here at the bumper uh, so that you all know that we're not just sitting here talking on the microphones because we love to hear ourselves talk, but we're really trying to talk about things that'll challenge people to get outside of the typical comfort zone that is the church and start thinking about let's be more about the big. Idea, following yeah. Jesus each and every day, and representing that in our lives on Sunday and mornings. And doing it together. Yes, doing it together, representing Sunday mornings, but the other six days of the week too. Right.
1: I think that's a. I think that's a wrap, Cody.
0: <laughs> I think so, man. If you're if you're if you don't have any final closing thoughts, I have. I've talked a lot here. I feel like I've talked a lot, and I'm ready for a drink of water. So I'm ready to I'm ready to bow out when you are.
1: Okay. I I I have no no second thoughts. All right. Well, ending f- thoughts. Not second thoughts. Ending thoughts. I yeah Josh
0: yeah. has second thoughts every single week about whether or not he should have started podcasting with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> this was Josh's idea, by the way. You guys know It he was. Got, he got himself in a real big mess.
1: I know. <laughs> and I love it. I love being in the middle of the mess. <laughs>
0: Well thank you all so much for listening to this 43rd episode of Raking Coles and I just want to thank you for giving us your time for giving us your ears but if you wouldn't mind giving us a subscription to our podcast on the podcasting platform that you're deciding to listening to deciding to listen to this on that would be much appreciated. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, I think CastBox, other places, podcasting platforms, what they do is they find podcasts and they just steal your RSS feed. I'm, I'm currently trying to figure out all the ones that I have to claim our podcast on, and it's it's kind of a mess. But anyway, it happens. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, but while you're at it, go ahead and uh, give us five-star review. Those are the only stars that matter because... That's what everybody else says. So I'm going to say it too. I'm going to be a sheep in this one and follow the crowd. And just want to thank you so much for giving us your review, your subscription, your time. And as we like to say every time we close out, have a fantastic week and a blessed day. Bye-bye.